Due to the graphic nature of this program, listener discretion is advised. To the west of the great continent of Kern lies the island provinces of Perth, home to brave seafarers, exotic pleasures, storms of swirling magical energy, and cults dedicated to the old gods. Upon these white sands came the Eve's Watch, a band of sellswords and brutes seeking their fortune upon the shores of these lands. Let me tell you of this age of legends, for I and I alone am keeper of their saga. This is their chronicle. After Jabal makes his announcement, he sits back confidently with a smug look on his face. My informants have told me many, many things that I think you will find interesting, my queen. Most helpful in the pursuit of the princess. It is come to my knowledge that Amandonak, one of the local merchants, is involved in some way with the sorcerer Zeyaran, the one who had kidnapped the princess, as a humble loyal servant to the crown. I am willing to part with this information, free of charge, of course, as a loyal and humble servant to the crown. Amendanak is in possession of a gem that is necessary to the completion of a sinister ritual involving the princess. I do not believe the princess will be harmed. Rather, I believe she will be well protected until the ritual is completed, but it cannot be completed without the gem. Is this gem in this merchant here in the city? Ah, yes. Omendonak has a lavish manor in the same neighborhood as Jubal does. He has come to be in possession of this gem, I think, from his travels across Hymuren. The queen sits back in her chair, folds her arms across her chest, and says, If this is true, and we could preserve the safety of the princess, then a modification of our contract is necessary. Okay. What do you propose as our modification? I propose that you secure possession of the gem and destroy it, if you can, and eliminate Amendanak for treason against the crown. Are you willing to pay a flat sum for this? I am. In addition to the agreed-upon hundred gold pieces per day? Bring me the head of Amandanak, the merchant, and I will pay you handsomely. Define handsomely. You define handsomely. Tuko thinks a head of a terrible person would be at least 10,000 gold. Done. Then we have an accord. Jabal, he's your neighbor. Are you friendly with Mendenach? Oh, no, I am not friendly with Mendenach. Mendenach is he is a businessman of sinister bearing. Could you perhaps yeah. get us a meeting for some sinister business so ah. that we could meet him face to face instead of having to uh, infiltrate, as it were? I do not think so. Mendenach does not like Jabal, and Jabal does not like Mendenach. He is one of my business rivals. I must say, of course, first that this has nothing to do with the information that I propose. It is but a coincidence. Jabal, how far away is your compound from his compound? A five-minute walk. Would you be able to see his compound from yours? From the roof of my compound, my manor, yes. Would we be able to access your manor to first do some surveillance? I cannot have this happen. We are business rivals. I cannot be involved in such a thing. This would make me an accomplice to an assassination of a fellow merchant. I 
would have much difficulty doing business in this town. It is against the law, of course, to be party to the assassination of someone. Unless, of course, Crown were to give me permission to be involved in the elimination of this rival of mine. Perhaps you could recommend the business partners of Mendenach so we could set up a business meeting through them. It would be very convenient to see him face to face without fighting his guards. The queen leans forward in her chair and says, Do what you must, Jubal. You'll be protected by the crown. Ah, thank you, my queen. Thank you so much. I will aid you whatever fashion it is that you would like. I would like access to your roof. Just me. I'm small. People won't really notice me. And we have means of surveillance. As a humble and loyal servant to the crown, I throw open wide the doors of my home to whatever needs you want. Anything. Anything at all that you need. Thank you. Within reason. To assist in the return of the princess. Cool. Do we need any specialized equipment for what you have in mind? No. Tuco has it. Jabal sits back with a huge, toothy grin upon his face, looking at you all. I am very pleased to be a part of the rescue of the princess. Ruling family here has been very good to the people of Mashapur. My selfless act of loyalty. Tuko would like to roll insight to see if uh, Jabal is lying to us. Go right ahead. A five. Seems honest to you. As Jabal sits back in his chair, the doors to the chambers open. Two of the queen's guards come in, escorting two of the large men from the battle earlier in the day. They look at you, not very happy, making very obvious eye contact with Tuco. Tuco waves. <laughs> ah, my personal guards that I have sent to ensure the protection of the princess. Alas, we have failed, but one of my men heroically sacrificed his life in servitude of the crown. And he bows his head. Excuse me, my queen. Wipes tears from his eyes. You didn't see any tears. But he's wiping something from his eyes. Please, do not think ill of me for mourning the loss of my men. I am fine now. We may continue. One of the men throws a brooch on the table in front of the queen. It's got the visage of an octopoid type of creature with multiple tentacles surrounding its head. Does that symbol look familiar to me? Knowledge Arcana? Make a roll. Nine. <laughs> Lou, I think your dice towers are cursed. You might have, uh, <laughs> I touched them all last night. Yeah, I bet you did. You might have seen it before. There is some familiarity, but you can't quite put your finger on it. Jabal looks at you. Do you not recognize this? I do recognize, but I can't place from where. Do you? This is the image of an old god, yes, Shogoloth, a wicked creature, legendary. Who knows? Perhaps it was real, perhaps it was not. Queen uh, says, this is a cult that has taken hold in the city. They have a tower in the northern part of the city, just near the northern wall. Are they favored of wearing red robes by any chance? Yes. They were present at the battle in the bazaar. Jabal uh, feigns surprise. They were present when the attempt on the princess's life was made. Yes, and they were quite effective at their destruction with their magic. This is disturbing. Put this all together. Ritual must involve Shogoloth in some way. Sounds like getting our hands on that gem will be important and of the highest priority. It is important to the safety of the princess. Does anybody else on my team look to each of you have questions or any other information you can think of that would be helpful for us before we start 
surveillance and then assassination. Tuco has a question. And Tuco gets up out of his chair and he walks over to Jabal and he leans in real close. And he says, Jabal, I've met many men like you. That is fortunate for you, Mr. Tuco. Some of them have lied to me for their own benefit. Ah, it is a shame when that happens. It's caused me lots of pain and strife in this world. What guarantee of your integrity? I met you moments ago. Why should I believe you? This is your business rival. Why would you not just have us eliminate him? What if we find no gem? Will you say, oh, they must have moved it? This could all be a great ruse to have us kill your business rival. Help me understand better. Uh, Mr. Tuko, I am deeply offended by your statements. I am a loyal servant to the crown only. This is circumstantial at best. He just happens to have many business rivals in the city. It is the nature of business and being a merchant, a successful merchant. Everyone is your rival when you are successful. And if we run into many troubles and find no success, I want you to know I will be coming back to talk to you further about this problem. Are you okay with that, Jabal? I am more than willing to have a conversation. You may come for dinner, we can have tea. We will have a gentlemanly conversation. I want to like you, but I am not a trusting fellow. We'll work on that. In time, you will find Jubal to be a great ally and good friend. He pushes himself back from inches away from Jabal's nose and says, I hope you are trustworthy. I really, really, really hope. Of course I am. Is this the face of a man who is not trustworthy? Yes. Yes, it is. I have seen that face. Not that particular one, but your smile says less than it should. My smile screams friendship and loyalty. Best of day to you. Best of day to you as well, Mr. Tuco. Tuco turns around and he walks out. He's kind of mad. That confrontation made him a little upset. He walks right out of the room. The eyes of the the two men that came in follow Tuco as he leaves, still looking quite agitated. Anyone else? Not from me. Okay. We will take our leave then and perform our surveillance and return to you with the head for our payment. The queen says, thank you, Mr. Moulet. It's late afternoon, yes? Late after noon, early evening, so we'd want to do the surveillance either tonight or tomorrow morning. No time like the present, I think. Okay. Will you be accompanying me to my manor? I will. I have to go after Tuco to get something. Prepare my carriage. We will await you. Cool. Would it be helpful to take Tuco with you? He has a lot of experience with surveillance. He has a lot of experience with surveillance, but he's it seems a bit untrusting of Jabal. So somebody else who's good with information going with me would be good. So that way I can give that person the information. Okay. I do not know if my friendship with Tuco is ready for him to come to my <laughs> manor house just yet. Preparations Fair. are necessary before. Well, Lovac, you. Say, yeah, pick, pick your partner, really. Well, who wants to come with me? I'll go. Okay. The sneaky one. <laughs> you will blend in on the rooftops nicely. No, no, he won't be on the rooftop. Only I will be on the rooftop. <laughs> Yeah, take jail, because if it does come to trouble, yeah, he's a great deterrent. And also a great distraction. Yes. I should have brought my larger carriage. You can sit on top. I can drive. Jubal will stand. He'll bow very low to the queen, my queen, and he'll nod to the rest of you. Gentlemen, it was a pleasure to be a part of this. I will await your arrival, Mr. Ku, and Mr. Jill, in my carriage. We'll be out post-haste. So Ku will go then after Tuco. I'll just follow you because I'm waiting for you to go. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll all follow because at this point... And bow to the queen before. Yeah. Bow. Leave the chambers. We'll all follow to discuss a little more here. Hmm. Once we're out of the queen's chambers and out of Jabal's presence, I'm going to set my hand on Mule's shoulder. That greasy-tongued snake is going to die 
when we're done this for conspiracy against the queen. Which greasy tongued snake? <laughs> you speak of Duval? Yes. If he I, had all this information and knew that the royal family was in danger, why did he hold it till now? Knowledge is power. Right. It best serves him. Power or not, that's conspiracy against the royal family. It is, but that's also for the queen to decide. We have a job to do. We are contracted oh, to no, kill. Oh, no, we'll finish the job. Which we will. And then we'll see. Tuco leans into Lovak our, and whispers, I'll help you. Our larger contract is still to ensure the safety of the princess. Absolutely. As I said, after when, the contract. Once, once the full contract is complete, we will see about but it. If well. I find if any of his deceptions and lies, which is almost everything that's come out of his mouth, has put us in any harm's way, I'm going to take that personally. Oh, it's putting us in harm's way. I'd sooner lick a grung than trust him. Well said. Of course. There's always work for the Age Watch. Because our contract is the complete safety of the, the princess. Correct. And, and his, his inactions has put her in harm's way. Also correct. His actions have probably put, him, put her in harm's way. Well, or inaction. Inaction and actions. Where is this conversation being held? Oh, you know, just like in the antechamber. Of the, yeah. <laughs> of the, so we're not... As yeah. Once we were alone yeah, together yeah. and out of Jabal's presence yeah. and the queen's presence, that's when I started this conversation. I'm just letting you know. I'm going to kill him. Good to know. Tuco, do you have the spyglass? It's in our library room. Then Ku will head up to the library to fetch the spyglass. And then he'll come back down, take Jill and go. Right before you leave, would it make sense for us to position ourselves nearby? If you want. Just in case. I'm just thinking. I mean, if you're well, spotted it, or if something happens. It, it would be good to get to know the area, too. Yeah, we could do surveillance on the area. Since we're spitballing ideas... Would it be good for us to cause a distraction that drew out the people of that mansion? You know, firecrackers in the front yard, just to see they, how they react to Mr. something stunning. Yeah, uh, something not too out of the ordinary, but that would draw them out a little bit. I think that would be helpful after initial surveillance. Initial surveillance, you want to see how they go about their duties, what their patrol routes are, what, co- what sort of business takes place in a normal environment. You are so smart, Mule. Then. It's just amazing. When it comes time to actually perform the job, then we can talk about distractions and how best to get him alone. See, Lovak, that's why he's in charge. It's okay. not that he's smart. It's that he has a method to the madness. He seems very smart to me. Thank you, Jill. What's wrong with just kicking open the front door and saying, hey, I'm here to kill a Mennock? That'd be distracting. That would have been my plan as well. Yes. He got True, my vote for but- in order to save the princess, we have to survive to save the princess. And you say that like it's a difficulty. Could be. That's why we're doing surveillance. You got my vote because you're so decisive. We'll walk the few blocks around in the compound. We'll get a feel for what the area looks like. Well, you and Jill scope it out. Say we meet at Jubal's Manor or maybe one block away from Jubal's Manor. Yeah, something like that. And we can catch up, see what each of us are seeing. Sounds good? Sounds good. All right. You two go ahead and then we'll follow after. As uh, Ku and Jeel approach Jubal's carriage, you see Jubal standing outside his carriage with his two men, and Kushim is there with him, and they look like they're engaged in an argument. As you approach, if that is what you're going to continue to do, they're in an argument. I want to hear what's going on. A slow approach. Hopefully they don't notice. Granted, they're going to notice him before they notice me. Try and catch as much of the argument as possible. Are you going to casually just approach as you normally would, Ku, or are you going to try to be sneaky? I'm going to be a bit cautious because I want to catch as much of this argument as possible. Not overtly sneaky, like, you know, 
somebody could notice, oh, you're trying to e- eavesdrop, like trying to somewhere in between. Can you make a roll for somewhere in between? It'd be like a stealth. Stealth check. 17. Employing the, I'm going to casually approach and be as unnoticeable as possible. Don't forget I have him with me. Which negates all of that. <laughs> <laughs> because you're what? You're well over seven feet tall. I'm eight, eight. Eight, yeah. <laughs> Uber smurf. You could be stealthy if you walk behind him, but they're going to see him coming a mile away. Literally see Jill coming a mile they're away. Gonna see, they're going to see Jill coming. He's the distraction, whereas I can get maybe close enough to hear it. When Jill approaches, immediately the argument stops. And it looked like it was getting heated. But from where you were in your walk over to the carriage, there is appears to be a dispute about some accusations. Jubal being of the suspicion that there is a traitor somewhere within the palace, and Kushim being insistent that, in fact, the traitor to the crown is Jubal himself, accusing him of machinations against the crown in an effort to elevate his station within Mashapur and expand his merchant empire with the elimination of Amendanak. Jubal making accusations that there is a traitor in the palace that is likely a trusted ally of the queen. Not directly coming out and accusing Kushim of being that traitor, but suggesting something along those lines, flashing that big smile of his. Ah, my friends, please enter my carriage. Thank you. Yes, Kushim, my friend. It was good to see you again. I smile and nod to Kashim. He nods back, smiles. I enter the carriage. Looks up at Jeel. Nods as best as he can to someone who's like three feet taller than him. I was just actually thinking about it like where he's eight foot eight. I'm three foot eight. How long is his step and how long is my step and how many steps do I have to do to equal his step? So I might have been at a jog. As he's casually strolling, you're running alongside of him to try to keep up. Stealthily. (laughs) He could probably carry you around in his pouch, put you in a baby Bjorn. (laughs) As you enter the carriage, you see the two large men sitting in there. One of them has to get out so that Jeel can get in. It looks like he's walking. Who enters the carriage with Jabal following him, shuts the door and taps the top of the roof. The carriage starts rolling out of the palace grounds and the other large man, the one remaining, pours Jabal a drink and then motions to you both with an empty cup, holding the jug of wine up. I will take a glass. He pours two glasses, hands them to you, and sits back, glaring at the both of you. The ride to Jabal's manor is a brief one which gives you indication that he's probably quite wealthy since he's in the same part of town that the palace is. You go through a very opulent area of Mashapur, massive manor houses with stone walls, brightly colored, guards outside, gates, people casually walking by, carriages on the streets. Uh, Servants seem to be the only ones walking. They're carrying packages from various shops. And soon, Jubal's carriage stops in front of the gates that swing wide open, you enter Jubal's compound. Jubal's compound looks like a small keep. There's men on the walls. The walls look quite thick. They're a lot taller than the other walls in this neighborhood. His manor house is huge, probably one of the larger ones along this street. Servants run out, 
greet Jabal, open the door to the carriage. Jabal steps out. He's being helped down a set of stairs that have been placed at the carriage. There's a very short elderly man who's got his hand raised up towards the door of the carriage and helps Jubal's massive girth out of the carriage, taking his fingers delicately as he does so and leading him down the stairs. Jubal beckons to Jeel and Ku to follow him. There's several outbuildings here, stables, servants' quarters, what looks like a barracks. There's a couple. As we're walking, Ku will look to Jeel and telepathically say, I will be communicating to you like this because I don't want to give too much information to those around us. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Says that out loud. (laughs) Yep. Jabal looks at him quizzically. There's what looks to be a barracks in the compound. There's two very obvious off-duty soldiers sitting outside on chairs, smoking pipes. They have that bearing that a soldier does, but they're not in any armor. The place is heavily guarded. There's uniforms everywhere throughout the compound. They have Jubal's colors and coat of arms. Two golden porpoises raising up out of the water, touching the tips of their nose to one another. Everything on the compound is flashy. It screams opulence, unnecessary wealth. The doors to the manor house swing wide open, and there's a trumpet fanfare as Jubal walks up the steps. He takes you into a foyer where there is a prenogene man standing there with a shock of kind of sloppy brown hair, very young looking, and Jubal bows and greets him. Ah, Steve, you son of a bitch. It has been a long time. Good to see you. Jubal had a long day. We will require refreshment for myself and our guests. The man leaves, comes back and begins setting out platters of food and jugs of wine. Please take refreshment before you begin your labors. Steve will pour you as much wine as you want. Take a glass, throw it back, and say, fill it up. Which he does, over and over and over and over again. Ku will refuse the drink, and he'll look around the area to find a good place for Jeel to kind of sit. And then that's within 30 feet, and that would be visible to Ku up on the roof. The roof is, it's like all these other roofs here. It's a flat roof, and there's... This one doesn't have any of the clotheslines that the ones down in the less wealthier area. For someone of Jeel's girth, it would be rather difficult to conceal him. But there are guards posted at each of the four corners of the roof, just standing there, holding bows. How far is the roof to the ground? You would say approximately 30 feet. Jeel, being almost nine feet tall... I'll have Jeel stay on the ground and I'll make my way up to the roof and then I'll direct him on where to stand for me. Once I find myself up on the roof, I will ask for the direction in which the compound that we need to spy on is. Jubal, on the roof with you, will point to a pink manor house, massive, sprawling estate, just to the east of Jabal's manor. You can see the roof from where you are very easily. It is probably the length of a football field away from the outer walls of Jubal's Manor to the outer walls of Amendanox. Then Ku will get into the prone position, taking the spyglass out and leaning over the uh, the side and directing Jeel 
out loud where to stand within distance. He can sit, he can drink, that's fine. I just need him within telepathic distance and communicating telepathically until I have an idea of he's in a spot that I like. Okay, you get Geo into the position that you want. And then Ku will then use the spyglass to check out the other manor. Back to the rest of the group. While they are with Jubal, they being Ku and Geo, what is it that the rest of the group is going to do? I would like to head down into the city, I say to my companions, towards the compounds, probably not too close, but I'm hoping there are some probably very rich merchant areas. We can wander. I mean, we can be tourists, for lack of a better word. You know, allow us to wander around the city. It's all open. We won't try to go in any restricted areas or anything like that. Just to get a feel for the flow of traffic in that area, what kind of people are expected, what they're dressed like. That's going to be big. How many guards are in the area? Absolutely. All of those things. We're going to take in as much information as we can to be for what would be helpful for our approach later. Or our egress. Both. Keeping out. Look out for spots where we can set up ambushes, that kind of stuff too. In In and out. Correct. So dress as you will. I'm going to uh, garb myself in new silks since my old ones are uh, a little tattered and bloodstained now. Speaking of, Lovac, did you use all of her healing potential today? Yes. Well, not all. Shin? No. A small amount. You mind uh, touching me up here? I'm feeling a little still bleeding. Well, certainly. Let's go with... uh, Just in case. Just a regular cure wound. That's a 20 for six. Okay. You got any more in you? Oh, yeah. I will give you one more. Twelve. Thank you. As a bonus action, I will convert a uh, second-level spell to spell points so that later on I can turn it into first-level slots. My wound's now fully closed and turned into yet another set of scars on my body. I will... Trophies. Memories of the time I got stabbed in the square. Trophies. And then I will don a fresh set of... Silks, yellow pants, nice flowing blue shirt, red sash. Ah, isn't that nice? And it looks like a painting exploded. I will likewise freshen mine. It's comfortable being a painting. Hopefully it will not be splashed with red quite so quickly this time. I will be uh, dressed head to toe in black, finest silks that I can find. All of my accoutrements, buttons, belt buckle, buckles on my shoes, all of those, everyone is picked out with a red gem. Tuco will have on a pair of short shorts and a cloak and, uh, and, and a, uh, uh, a sword around his belt. <laughs> the better to show off your legs? It's hot here. It is hot. So toned. I've simply replaced the linens underneath my armor with silks. Two layers of silks and put my armor right back on again. Well, speaking of armor, before we head out, I will refresh mine. So... I'll speak a few words and call on the arcane energies and trace an intricate pattern in the air above my head. An ephemeral cloak of leaves appears, green tinged in black, and drapes itself across my shoulders. The cloak shimmers green for a moment, then fades away. I'm going to stand behind him and comically mimic his motions, and then just go, tink, metal. (laughs) That's not the first time Lovac has done that. And it used to really irritate you, and now you just I, got used to I, it every I, time. I accept it as a matter of course. Every time I cast <laughs> mage armor, it's now become sh- part of your semantics. <laughs> Correct, yeah. I almost have trouble casting the spell without it now. <laughs> I expect to hear this tink at the end, and if that doesn't come, it just throws me off for the whole day. I assume you'll be armed. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yeah, we're going to go. I will have my weapon, but not my armor. 
you're going to exit the palace grounds walk and down. go for a walk. Uh, before you leave, Kushim approaches and waves you down. Yes, Kushim. I do not know if you have any means of communicating with your friend that is with Juval, but watch the merchant closely. I fear that he has his own interests in mind. Of course he does. You see Tuco's face light up. I knew that sneaky bastard was up to something. He cannot be trusted at oh, all. We were not about to trust him. The queen suspects a traitor in our midst. I think it is Jubal. We will be careful. I could offer you a side job if you are interested. In the interests of the crown, of course. Of course. To support the crown. What did you have in mind? Lobeck is grinning from ear to ear. (laughs) Eliminate Jubal. Accepted. And eliminate the threat. Can that job go on delay until we finish our present job? It is not a time-sensitive matter. Perhaps before you leave, Marshapur, an accident could befall Jubal. They would never suspect you. Jubal has many rivals and many enemies amongst them. The queen has offered us 10,000 gold for the head of this other merchant. Is the pay the same? I do not have access to that kind of gold, unfortunately. But do you have any interesting equipment you would be willing to barter? I am willing to pay handsomely for an accident. How about this? Lovac grins. I see his tongue as his greatest weapon, so how about the weight of his tongue in gems? It is a big tongue, but yes, I think. Can we keep the stuff that's in his palace? Whatever you happen to find is yours to keep, of course. And I will afford you free passage out of Mashapur on one of the military vessels to whatever destination in Hymurin you wish. That sounds reasonable. So we have a deal. Yes. A gentleman's deal. This cannot be on paper. Of course. I fear the queen would not quite understand. Tuco turns to Lovak and puts his hand up for a high five. (laughs) (laughs) Shin will uh, extend a hand. Deal. Kushim smiles, shakes Shin's hand. A gentleman's contract. Speak no word of this to anyone. Of course, we really only speak amongst ourselves when it comes to contracts. Thank you. Best of luck to you, gentlemen, in bringing my princess back to me. We will do so. And we walk. When he gets out of earshot, Lovak looks over and we're like, told you, told you, told you, told you, told you, told you. You were just snippety this evening. What is it? It's hot. Well, maybe if you weren't clink wearing so much armor. You don't have any problem with clink this armor when you're standing behind it. That's when Tuco steps to the front and pirouettes and his robe billows out and you see his short shorts. (laughs) Thank you, Tuco. That was was something. I sure don't have a problem with either one of your armors. They're both wonderful. Let's go for a walk. So as you stroll through the wealthier area, my guess is is you probably got an idea of where Amendanox Manor is before you left? Yes, we did. You pass by many servants on the streets. The servants, though, are dressed very nicely. They're carrying packages of various items, bread, food items, wrapped packages. Occasionally, you'll see one of the wealthy nobles, or perhaps even a merchant, walking with a retinue of servants and a few guards. Servants trailing behind, carrying packages and any number of things. Carriages coming and going. Shipments of various things, uh, large wagons outside of manor houses with furniture and exotic items being carried into the compounds. There is a tall person woman who walks by you at one point with uh, several guards, and she's got a leopard on a leash, a gold-colored leash, 
walking it throughout the city streets. There's a ridiculous amount of wealth here. There's people with parrots on their shoulders, monkeys trailing behind them. It's mostly Perthans in this area. However, you have picked up what looks like a few Prenagines here, the occasional Karovaran. And at one point, you would swear you saw a border man walking. There is a distinct look to the, the border man, tall, blonde, very Scandinavian looking. Of course, not dressed in the traditional garb of the North, but easily recognizable. Looks incredibly uncomfortable in the sweltering heat. And it's hot. Even this late in the afternoon, there is an oppressive humidity in the air. Your baseline is hot and sweaty, almost always, to varying degrees. Less sweaty at night when it cools down, exceptionally sweaty during the day. Jill looks like a waterfall. There's just sweat rolling off him at all times since you've been here. Uh, he looks like the one that's the most uncomfortable out of out of everybody. Uh, you share a joke amongst yourself about Jill sitting out in the sun. A bitch coup made him sit out in the sun. <laughs> you all have a good laugh about that as you stroll down the streets. There's no shops in this area. It's just manor houses. There is a very noticeable city guard presence here. It's crawling with guardsmen. So as we walk, I mean, the city guards are one thing to keep an eye on, but I'm looking mainly at the manor houses and the garb that manor house staff wear and their relative guards. Do they tend to patrol or do they just mostly stay at their manor houses? Like, do they patrol a larger area around the manor? It varies. In every case, there are two guards outside of the gate to every compound. That is the norm. You begin to pick out different crests, different colors. Some larger compounds tend to have roving patrols around the outer part of the compound. You gather it's probably based on the wealth of whoever it is that owns the compound. After a few hours, you begin to pick out these are noble families that live here, and these are you know merchant princes and princesses. One of the things about Majapur that stands out is there doesn't seem to be any distinct roles between the men and the women in Majapur, whereas in other areas of Perth that you've been to, there were very distinctly separated gender roles, where it's common for wealthy Perthans to have multiple wives. Majapur, very, very different. Many of the soldiers in the Queen's personal guard are females. The Queen herself, you suspect, was a warrior at one point in time, and led armies. Many of the city guard that you pass by are females. There's a pretty noticeable blend of male and female soldiery. Do the compounds have walls? Every compound has a wall here. What sort of height? Varying heights, anywhere from 10 feet to 20, 30. Some are even taller. At one point in time, you actually pass by Jabal's Manor, which is obvious because it, it's the most gaudiest one on the street. It's got his two golden porpoises jumping from the water and touching noses on the actual gate itself. I told you, you can't trust that man. He even has those mutant fish on his walls. What sort of guard does Jabal's house have? Jabal's house looks like a fortress. There's His walls are so big, there's people on top of them. There's guards outside the gate. What's interesting about Jubal's manor in particular is he's obviously got a small army of guards at his disposal, but there's a lot of individuals that look like 
well-dressed thugs. And you can pick this out easily because you're all well-dressed thugs. <laughs> Some of us are better dressed than others. I'll give, you the, that. I'll give you that. Does the party spot the copy on the roof? They don't, but you pick them out easily. You make a game coup of kind of dialing in your spyglass on the nose hairs on Lovac. For a while, are looking at Tuco's short shorts and shaking your head and, and laughing. So much that tears are streaming down your face. How high is the walls? The walls of Jubal's manor are about 30 feet tall. Wow. They're thick. 30 feet tall. Yeah, they've got, there's men atop there with with weapons and bows. So then what I would do is if I saw the party approaching, I would telepathically speak to Jeel and tell him the party's approaching, grab a bucket of water, get to the top of the wall and toss the water on him. And I will look for a bucket of water, take my way up the wall and wait for them to pass the, drop the bucket of water on him. Make a stealth check to hide so they don't see the eight foot giant on top of the wall. Eight. <laughs> <laughs> Who's your target going to be? Lovac. <laughs> Knew make, that was coming. Make an attack roll. And I am just dropping the whole bucket. The whole bucket. <laughs> Eight. <laughs> you I, climb up I, to... I stop the tie of my shoe. <laughs> you climb to the top of the wall, crouch down with the bucket, and you're giggling to yourself because you, you think you're hiding, and you have the bucket, and as you're passing by... Lovac, the first thing you see is the massive frame of Jeel looking like he's trying to conceal himself. You've seen it before. <laughs> and he's got something in his hands. I'd like to say he's getting better at that, but no. And then he... he supposed to be inconspicuous. Casually reaches out a bucket and drops it and then puts his hand quickly over his mouth. And you can see his body vibrating as he's trying to contain his laughter. Oh, just stop walking and watch. You watch the bucket the fall. The bucket fall, yeah. Hit the street and spill. And then Jill peeks over <laughs> to see if he got you. You missed. Can Tuco find a small fist-sized rock around on the ground? <laughs> Investigation? A 10. Do I find a small rock? You can't find a rock, but there's a servant walking by with what looks like a hat box on top of several other boxes. There's a bucket. There's a bucket. <laughs> I was going to throw it at him, but I don't think I can chuck a hat box. Wait, screw it. I grab one of the hat boxes, and I attempt to throw it the 30 feet up the wall. Make an attack roll. 15. 15? That is a hit. You- <laughs> he frisbees that thing in him. Uh, serving casually walking by, she smiles at you, and as she's passing, you reach out and you grab this round hat box and casually lob it up in like an arcing kind of motion, and it goes up and it hits Jill on the back as he's you know got his mouth covered and he's laughing, hits him, and the box bursts open. There's a Bonnet sitting on the Jeel's back, slowly sliding down all the sweat <laughs> on his back. Not moving, trying to stay hidden. You have a hat on your back, put it on. I have a hat on my head too already. While all this is going on, I have just continued walking <laughs> as to disassociate myself from this ridiculousness. <coughs> and then Tuco yells up at him, Hey, throw it back down, it belongs to this lady. Shin Drop everything just. back down. However. So, so I hand her back this sweaty, sweaty. damaged <laughs> hat. Sorry, lady. Shin does something he's not known to do very often. He cracks a very big smile at this situation and starts following, walking down the road. Then Tuco walks away. 
and I will try to stealthily move my way back downstairs. You're crouching down to a barely noticeable six-foot height. Walking on his tippy toes. So we continue around. How long are you going to spend doing this? The sun's beginning to dip beneath the horizon. We have not gotten to our target mansion yet. Yeah, it's the target mansion. It must be one of the next ones over, right next door to. It's a sprawling manor and compound. Its walls are thick and sturdy. It screams wealth as you pass by it. The manor house itself is like a light pink color. Easy to pick out. Is there any symbolism or specific uniform for the guards who are stationed by the front door? The gate has an octopus on the front of it, a very finely crafted silver octopus. And the guards bear that same symbol on their uh, tabards. It doesn't bear any resemblance to the pendant, does it? It does bear a resemblance to the pendant, but it's not exactly like the pendant. Is there a guard standing in front of the gate? There's one on either side of the gate. Tuco walks directly up to the guard in his cheeriest, non-charismatic voice. Hey, how you doing? Uh, I'm looking for this uh, merchant's house. Uh, Jim, Jim, Jim Ball? Joe Ball? Can you help me find this place? Jubal. Jubal, yeah, yeah. Points over to the gate with the porpoises on it. Oh, that's ugly as hell. What's that guy like anyway? I got to go and do some business with him. You know anything about him? Do not trust Jubal. Why not? Is he going to steal my stuff? I got to do business. It will take you for a ride. Well, that sounds fun. What do you mean? He is a criminal. Oh, well, crap. I don't want to do business with him. Hey, is there anybody else around here who's a merchant that I could... I got like 10,000 pigs I'm trying to get rid of. They sent me to Jabal. Off with you. No, not you? You don't want to buy a pig? No. We are not interested. Okay. Off with you now. I guess I'll go see Jabal then. And I, having not been standing next to my party, walk back towards Jabal's place. Is he going to open a pig stand? I guess it's good to have a plan. It's a good side hustle. Not everyone's built out to be a lifer in the Eve's Watch. Oh, that's unfortunate. When I get to the corner, do these mansions have roads between them? Or is it just wall to wall to wall? It's wall to wall to wall in many instances. In some, there's roads between them where city streets intersect. Does, does this particular mansion have a road that goes along a sidewall? The sidewall between here and Jabal's? It does not. It uh, is the one that possesses the tallest walls in this particular line of manors. I would walk until I found the first side road to try to get to the back. And what are the rest of you doing? I'm going to continue walking our patrol circle here. I'd like to get a good feel. So, we, I mean, we covered the Jubal mansion side of this compound. It'd be good to see what the rest of it looks like. So continue to walk down, probably one more compounds worth, really until we find another road intersection where we can go up the other side, check out the back, see what that looks like. Making the giant loop. You yep. notice as the sun dips beneath the horizon, night falls that pedestrian traffic as well as the carriages almost entirely cease the city guard presence is still the same as it was during the day perhaps there's even more patrols out on the city streets lights begin to twinkle on the sounds of the city deadens the sound of the jungle on the outside of the city can be heard as you're strolling through the city streets shin you notice a line of city guards coming down the street In the center of that line is a woman dressed in a red dress, milky white skin. As the city guard passes by, she's left standing in the street. She stares at you for a while and then turns and walks around the corner of one of the compounds. Mule, do you see her? And that's where we'll leave it for this week. 
Join us every other week as the Eves Watch continue their adventures in Perth. Thank you to our patrons. Find us on Patreon to join the executive producers team and support the podcast. Our cast, Bill Robitaille, Louis Aponte, Frank Whedon, Jared Parker, Marcus Holt, Sin Morse, our DM, Scott, and me, Nova. Thank you, our listeners, for joining us every other week.